work. Uh, football season's back in and hunting season's back in, so I'm having to pick and choose uh, when I can do these things. And uh, As much as I love doing it, I don't want it to interfere with my hunting so much. But anyways, here we are. But today's guest, uh, not going to need much uh, introduction at all, Mr. Lake Pickle over there with, with Primos. Um, uh, you do a bunch of filming with them. You hunt with them. You live the dream. Yeah, man, it, it, it's um, it's funny because I, I guess people people use that that phrase a lot, you know, like living the dream. And uh, I, I like honestly, I I won't I won't deny it, you know, because that's uh, it's what I grew up wanting to do. I grew up in Central Mississippi, so I I grew up watching the Andy Griffith Show and Primo's Truth DVDs or, or videotapes. Actually, they were still on VHS when I first started watching them. So um, yeah, those guys were my heroes growing up, and I grew up wanting to do it and um as the good lord would have it I, I took the right turns per se per se trying to get there and uh yeah i've been at, been with primos doing the videography thing for going on seven years now i hear you yep you're about like me it was uh andy griffiths westerns and and primos was about it <laughs> yeah it was like there was andy griffiths show and then there was like um uh, what crap? What was the? <clears throat> I'm trying to think of. I'm I'm embarrassed right now. I can't think of the show. <clears throat> what was the sh- What was the western show that had like Little Joe and Hoss Cartwright? Why can't Why can't I think of the name of that show? Did you watch now you that one? Me. Now you got me. I I remember watching it with my granddaddy, but I cannot think of the name you of it. You know which one I'm talking? About? Little Joe, Hoss Cartwright. I mean, it's a, it a classic western. We watched that one a bunch too, and I can't. I, can't figure out i don't know why i can't remember the name of the show but anyhow i watched that one too <laughs> oh yeah and i was oh god mcclintock um anything with john wayne in it my granddaddy had us watching it yeah and back then that was punishment was to if you got in trouble you had to go back there and watch westerns with with papa <laughs> and, and now and back I, I i do anything to get in trouble and have to go do that again <laughs> yeah i understand so. that man it's funny how things work, but like I said, you don't need much of an introduction, but I will let you introduce yourself. You know, tell, tell us about you know you what all you do, uh, whether you're married, kids, whole nine yards. <laughs> sure, man. Look, um, uh, my so my name's Lake Pickle. That's uh, one thing about me, and I can thank my parents for it. I have a pretty hard to forget name, I guess you would say. It's not very a common name, so that, uh, the one thing I, the one that's what. Common. Yeah, that's what uh, I, I I hear a lot. Like most people, when they hear me, when I introduce myself one time, usually they they may forget everything else about me, but they will remember my name just because it's so off the wall. So yeah, Lake Pickle. I was born and raised in Central Mississippi. Grew up in a hunting family. Uh, grew up in a fishing family, and um, so yeah, I was exposed to hunting and fishing and the whole outdoor thing from a at a very very young age. Uh, I think I was like seven or eight when i killed my first deer and uh family always had you know big dove hunt weekends and and all that good stuff um but i really didn't i i guess when it comes to hunting and and doing you know sportsman activities i guess you would call them uh i didn't dive fully into the whole hunting thing until i found turkey hunting I was like at age 11 and this is a true story. Everyone thinks when I, when I tell the story, everyone thinks that I'm like over dramatizing it because of the way the Primo's thing worked out. They're like, you didn't really do that. I'm like, no, nah, I'm, I'm telling you, this is exactly how I went. Uh, we were at a Bass Pro Shops in Tennessee and uh, there was like a pro staff, a Primo's pro staff for doing a seminar and he was doing a turkey seminar and they had a turkey DVD playing. And I had watched Primo's videos. Uh, you know, like deer hunting and, and elk hunting and stuff. And I, I, I'm, I guess I never really paid attention to turkey stuff. But it, again, I was like 11 years old. And but this guy has a, a Primo's video playing along with his seminar. And I watched this turkey video at the seminar. I'm like, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. You know, because up until that point, all I'd really ever done was dove hunt and deer hunt. And the deer hunting that we did was pretty much go to your food plot with a with a rifle because we didn't bow hunt we just waited until gun season go to your food plot with a rifle and the deer walks out you shoot it and so i watched this turkey video and the, the guys 
calling and the turkeys gobbling back and i'm like this is the craziest thing i've ever seen you know i just didn't even know this was something available for me to do so i decided that i was going to get into turkey hunting and it was all it all kind of spiraled spiraled out of control from there i um met a guy named keith polk that i went to church with that was uh, a successful turkey hunter and i was a young kid that knew nothing about turkey hunting other than i wanted to get into it so he took me and got me my first turkey and like i said it, it was all downhill from there i went fully i went full dive into the whole hunting lifestyle and that's from from turkeys uh, hunting turkeys it spun into wanting to bow hunt deer and wanting to duck hunt and wanting to pheasant hunt and upland hunt and any any kind of hunt after that it, it, after turkey hunting i decided like i wanted to try to hunt everything but the turkeys always hold a, a special place in my heart but yeah all that uh eventually led into a, a job at primo's hunting and that's where i've been for like i said six years going on year seven now you know one thing i think i don't <clears throat> I guess because I guess how I came up, it's it's so funny to listen to some of these some of you guys that are really successful turkey hunters that that aren't that didn't come up like I did that you know you 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 know you see them like, like folks like you my buddy uh, Taylor Caffey um, folks that are that are you know good turkey hunters even uh, Catman Catman Outdoors yeah. you know that didn't I was I mean from Four years old, I was going with my daddy turkey hunt. When I was five, I called up my first turkey ever. He shot it, but <laughs> you know, I just and it blows my mind to think that you know these people that are so successful were so late starting, dude, and I, didn't it, something that you you know you know going along as a kid because you're so successful and you're so eat up with it, yeah. And it's just, that's one thing that's always blown my mind. Yeah, well, a couple of points to make on that. So, like, the first thing is I, I can honestly remember thinking, like, I, I remember the first spring that I actually got to go turkey hunting. Because I turkey hunted, uh, a lot of people that have heard my story, um, you know, usually if I have to tell my, my story kind of in a more condensed version, I usually skip right to my friend Keith Polk getting me my first turkey because that was kind of and I but I, I always tell that part because that was such a big milestone you know like if it wouldn't have been for Keith and that turkey I, I, I wouldn't be where I am today like I said that's where it all started but there was a whole spring before that that I hunted and you know bless my dad you know my dad took me and my dad wasn't a turkey hunter either you know dad deer hunted some and he would dove hunt but he was a fisherman to this day. Like if you tell my dad that he could hunt anything in this world or go catch a largemouth bass, dad's going to go catch a largemouth bass. That's just, he's, he's ate up with that. So I was ate up, you know, or, or not ate up yet. I just wanted so bad to try this turkey hunting thing. Cause it looked so interesting to me that, you know, dad would take me out there and he didn't know what was going on either. And it was just him and me trying to piece it together. But I can remember, um, and I should mention, like I said, I the Mahaffey family of, of very close dear friends of mine, they took a very inexperienced 11-year-old kids of the spring woods trying to help me get my first turkey. But uh, I can remember the first day hunting turkeys. Uh, and we didn't kill one. Like I don't even think we really even got close to killing one. But we heard goblin, right? And to a turkey hunter that's seasoned and like someone like you or me that still to this day ate up with it, there's still, no sound, there's still no sound like a goblin turkey. You know what I mean? And I can remember the first time I heard that turkey goblin, I was like, I, I remember thinking this has been, you know, why, why have I not been doing this my whole life? Like I was like, man, I've, I was like 11 or 12 at the time. I was like, there's been, 10 prior springs that I could have been listening to turkeys gobble and I had no idea <laughs> but yeah I, I was I guess compared to you I was pretty late getting into the game and it and I remember I got in trouble one time I called my teacher a bad word and I got <laughs> sent to ISS and of course on restriction and everything and it was right around my birthday well the day after my birthday back then was a, was opening day of turkey season and I just knew they said you're on restriction. And even my mom even mentioned that you're not going turkey hunting. 
And it was just, that's what killed me the most. But my daddy finally gave in and he took me. And I remember we were, it was an afternoon hunt and these turkeys got the goblin and we didn't kill them. We watched them fly up and everything. But they were just sitting there gobbling. And I remember looking at my daddy and said, just thank you. Thank you for just taking me and letting me hear the turkeys. That, I mean, that was, yeah. you know, back then, now, now it kind of, I'll get discouraged when I don't kill one or don't get successful or whatever. But back then, just hearing turkeys, if you got to go and hear a turkey gobble, it was the greatest thing ever. But, yeah. And, and I think that's, you know, something that you go back to. I guess a, a lot of people, and me myself, I do it too. If I don't get my limb, then be a bunch of turkeys Jordan, die. Because we were, I can't remember where we were. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I want to say we were somewhere out of state, Jordan and I, and we were having a tough hunt. But we had had like a really cool encounter with the turkey that morning. Like I think something, I think something happened. Like one was gobbling really close, and we couldn't get a shot. Maybe we saw him. I don't know. But and I can't remember which one of us brought it up. But we got to the point where like you know, when we were like thirteen, fourteen years old, had we had a hunt like we just had, I, I would have been talking about that for three weeks. I'd have been telling all my buddies, my hunting buddies, about this turkey that came strutting in and was gobbling everywhere and we just couldn't see him so we couldn't shoot him and so I was like man I don't ever want to normalize to that I want I want everything that is turkey hunting to always be as special to me as it is so because it it, it it's such a you know and I know we're, we're hung up right now talking about turkey hunting I don't know I don't know what you planned on all talking about this well, me, about 90 percent of my so if I get podcast have been turkeys like a, a long time. the <laughs> The last episode I had was with, uh, I think, Ryan Waskin. Yeah, it was. And we talked about his elk hunt a little bit. And then dove straight into turkeys and could not get off of them. And that's, I mean, you know, all, if on my podcast, all we do is talk about turkeys. It's completely fine with me because, that's, I mean, I deer hunt pastime turkey season, really. I mean, I, I'll get caught up and get excited about killing a big buck, which I've never really killed a big buck, but I get them on camera and get all excited about them. But really and truly, I know in my heart, I'm just waiting on turkey season. I mean, that's, you know, that's all it is. But, yeah, and, and I had a – this past season was yeah. really good to me. Uh, the season before, I didn't kill a single turkey. Um, I got to call up two for some friends of mine, which, I, you know, made me just as excited as killing one. But I got to sit there thinking – what I did was I got I got real cocky. I just come off of two pretty good years, and uh, just was sitting there trying to make it happen, and you know, kind of got cocky with myself and run my mouth stuff like that, and and finally the last it was either the day before the last day or the last day I missed one, and I sat there and and was thinking to myself, what have you been doing wrong? What do you you know? And it finally hit me. I said, you are so worried about how many turkeys you're going to kill and trying to make make something of yourself and everything else that you didn't sit down and just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. You were just out there trying to kill. And, uh, and I think that's, you know, it, mm-hmm. it may not affect everybody. You may not have the bad juju I had. And I think it was more bad. It was a lesson more than that. But I think there's a lot of, Younger hunters, I'll call myself a younger hunter. I mean, I'm about to be 30, but still, that get so caught up in trying to, you know, beat their chest and everything else that they lose track of the actual, you know, while you're out there and and just being able to enjoy God's creation and, and turkeys and, and that. And in that season alone taught me that. And I remember huge season, opening new season. Um, I took a friend and his son, and we were just sitting there just listening to the turkeys. And I remember exactly telling myself, You need next year, you need to just sit down and just enjoy it. And I just leaned back up against the tree, and we ended up killing a bird. But I just said, I'm gonna sit here and enjoy this. We don't kill them, we don't kill them. I'm just, I'm here to enjoy this. And, and I think that's, I mean, that's the thought that needs to go in a lot of people's head because 
you know, a lot of times you, yeah. you lose track and, and you, I guess it's missing the, missing, you don't see the forest for the trees, I guess would be what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Well, the, the thing is to, for me, man, and this goes for turkey hunting, deer hunting, duck hunting, elk hunting, any kind of upland hunting. Um, and it sounds super cliche, but some things are cliche, but they're also true. And that's, you really, you do not know how many chances you have in this life to go out there and listen to a turkey or go out there and hunt a deer with your bow to go to the mountains and hunt elk you don't know how many how many opportunities like that you're gonna have you really don't i mean the way this world's going and the way the life just being as crazy as it is so um and that happened to me like to your point it almost you know doing the job that i have and and believe me i'm ever more thankful for what i get to do with primos I, i don't believe i deserve any of it but i'm thankful for all of it um, and I caught myself, it, it wasn't, I think it was, it was probably two, at least two years ago, maybe longer than that. And it wasn't like I wasn't thankful for it, but it was like the going to, going to all the different places that I went to that, or that I was getting to go to. It was almost like I was letting that become normal to me. And so it wasn't like I, I wasn't thankful. It just, wasn't the same like year one and like year two for sure i was like starstruck and all or, and just in awe of all the places i was getting to see and things i was getting to do and then just slowly but surely it's like that was just becoming normal to me it's like i was almost almost expecting that I, to be able to do that stuff and then i i had to kind of do one of those self checks i was like hey man you know there's when you were growing, you know, when I was growing up before the primo stuff, I didn't, I didn't get to go to the place I get to now. I didn't get to see and meet some of the people that I get to meet. I, I didn't get to hunt some of the places and, and some of the animals I've been able to hunt. And, you know, it's just, it's all about a mindset. And that's it, like, again, knowing that I don't deserve that, but I stay thankful for it. And, and I think that really helps me as far as just being thankful for the hunt and the opportunity and being able to go on a hunt and not kill anything and still be okay with it and still be thankful for it because, you know, hunting's not a competition. Hunting's not an inches game. Hunting's not a how long of a spurs or beer does he have game. Hunting is hunting is great enough just like it is. It it, it is what you make it. It's it's time spent in the woods. It's time spent with with friends and family that you love and and it's time spent in creation and pursuing game that you're enticed by. And that's enough. We don't need to make it anything else. And so to your point, you know, I a hundred percent agree with that. It's, I think people need to go out there turkey hunting and maybe sometimes their main goal, not be killing a turkey, but their main goal be, I'm going to enjoy these spring woods and I'm going to enjoy hearing this turkey. And, and that's enough. You, you know what I mean? Did I lose you? Can you hear me? Hello. Dang, must have, I guess my, my phone locked up, whatever. But I'll add to what you were just yeah, uh, you. what you were saying. Um two episodes I did the um a podcast with Jeff Sherwood and uh Ron Jolly. Well Jeff Sherwood is kind of funny how me and uh how I got Jeff's number and all. I was working at Buck Masters and we were doing a thing for um, gun trade or whatever, trying to recruit people that had FFLs or whatever. And he, he ended up on my list to call. And uh, I saw his name gesture when I was like, yeah. no, it can't be. And it was from Mississippi. And I said, no. And I asked him, I said, I said, did you, you used to work for Primo's? And I said, well, weren't you a camera guy and hunting with them? And he said, oh, yeah, I got talking, whatever. So that's how I got his number. Well, so I called him and asked him to do the podcast. And we got to, we got to talking. And that's that was one thing he said. He said, look, he said, there's a, there's a lot of people with hunting and all that get so caught up in trying to kill a bigger deer or kill more turkeys than, than other people. It's not a contest between humans. 
it's a it's a contest between you and the animal you're after. It's not a contest between you're trying to kill a bigger deer or a bigger turkey than somebody else. You know, it's 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 you versus what you're what you're after. And he said, and I think that's something that's ruined a bunch of people because you got people that you know put folks down for for killing a small deer or you know whatever. And he said. That and that blows my Dude, mind. These days, people give people crap. You know, okay, I can I can understand <laughs> not shooting Jake fully, fully understand it. I can, you know, for one thing, I'd rather when I when, when I'm turkey hunting, yeah. I want to I want to, you know, see a turkey put on a full show. Jake necessarily he may not do that, but also you know picture opportunities a full fan looks prettier but he's got a full fan i'm not even looking at a beard if he comes with the full fan no man the thing with the thing with me and the two-year-old turkey thing especially if you if you've looked into into any of the research people like mike chamberlain have done there, you know, people are saying you shot a two-year-old. Shoot a two-year-old. You don't know what you shot, you know, unless it's a, unless it's a unless it's a Jake. Then you go, okay, that's a Jake. Beyond that, if it's a full fan turkey, you know, with beers and sp- with a beard and spurs, you don't know how old that turkey is. You can estimate, but you don't know. I mean, like that. And so they're like, that's a two-year-old. That's a five-year-old. That's a three-year-old. You don't know. It has to, it's and it has to, you, it's, it's, a, it's a mature turkey. He's got a full There's 130. That's all there is to it. I, I'd say somewhere. <laughs> there's probably 130 inch two year old deer walking around. So, I mean, there's all it is, it's genes, genetics is what, you know. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't even worry that far into it. All I all I want to know is if is if I'm if I'm like I've said this before. If I'm hunting legally, I'm hunting ethically, and I'm having fun. That's as far as my care goes. Beyond that, like if someone if I ever which I don't, no one has personally given me crap about it yet. I just know people that have, and I see it on social media and stuff. But I, if anyone ever gets upset at me because they no, think I ooh. shot a two-year-old turkey, they no. If he's got a full fan, don't matter how long. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't I, gonna I, stop. I never even, <laughs> you know what I mean? I can't even remember ever any of the turkeys I've killed looking at their beards. Definitely never looked at the spurs. I know I don't. I'm not looking at their feet when they're walking up for sure. But I've never sat there and been like, okay, his beard's long enough. In fact, this past year in this own video. I shot a bird at a shorter beard than the other bird that come in with him. And it was just and and the bad thing about it, hell he was in the, he was in the camera angle. He was in the in the camera <laughs> better than the one I shot, which you know, we're not like y'all, we're just starting out over here, but I figured my well and I didn't know yeah. my guy couldn't see the the turkey, but he was jumping on the decoy and he was a strutter. And I was like, okay, I'm shooting strutter. He's jumping on the decoy. But what what was so bad about it? The woman with the longer be beard like was, I mean, great. Yeah, I mean, turkey, you, no you could have watched his head complain no off. But, but it was, and that was something, that was something else I thought was pretty fun. And that was the first one I ever let jump on a decoy. I've, <laughs> I've had so many ch- – in fact, I had like four or five chances before that turkey that year to shoot one on the decoy, and I finally I was like, okay, we're filming. I'll let him jump on it. If, if things go Western, I'll be able to handle it. But but it was <laughs> – Yeah, man, I was actually um... – I'm so used to letting, you know, usually when we're filming and stuff, we try to let the turkeys get to the decoy. And uh, it was actually this year I was hunting and I had a turkey coming to a, I had a hen and a jake out and he was coming right to this jake. And he was in a full strut until he got to about 60 or 70 yards out. When he got that close, he kind of just went into mean walking right at the jake. And 
it's like I forgot that I was hunting by myself. You know, I was like sitting there watching them. I was like, all right, and it's get to the he's like, he's like, there's there's so much more <laughs> you, know? you can get away with turkey than what you think. Once he gets into a certain distance, he's not looking. He's not looking at you. He's looking, you know, past you. And all. he says that was something I learned filming was you know because they let him come in decoys, let him get as close as they could or whatever, and you know, not just shoot him just first chance you get. And that was, and that was true. That was something I learned this year because mm-hmm. when, when we did film that turkey, <clears throat> I had my gun pointed the right way. I just had to turn a little bit, and that the other turkey that was with the one I shot saw me do that. He was, he was freaking out. He didn't like it, but he wasn't gonna leave his buddy there. And uh, and I shot him, and, and hell, he gobbled after I shot him. But and after Jeff said that, I was like, okay, yeah, I can. Uh, I've seen it, yeah. Because you know, most people, and most time you you know, most regular people think, oh, you make one move and they're that close, so they're gone. Yeah. But really. Yeah. They're really, and he, he's right about that. I've heard, I've, you know, before filming, I was always taught, you know, you just graveyard still you know when that turkey gets close and you still believe me you have to be still and it, it takes a lot of it's just it's it's anything you know anything you do if you do it repetitiously the more repetition the more times you do it the better you're going to get and so the more the more often that you have turkeys in tight range the more comfortable you get with it the more you start figuring out what you can get away with what you can do and you just start picking up on things and so yeah he's correct you spend a lot of time around turkeys close up. And I had a, I had a buddy of mine that away with certain things. That, you just have to be smart. With he didn't he didn't so, necessarily swing yeah, on one, but he moved his right gun a bunch. And I knew the turkey was close. I couldn't see him. He could he could see better than I could. And he eased his gun around and and I before he shot, I said, Don't do that and he shot. I was like, Okay, do that. Do that. But Oh no! I was like, I was like, why? Because I knew he was close. I was like, why are you moving? Boom! And I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah, do it. Don't let him get away. <laughs> but it's uh, I don't know. Turkey, turkey hunting is just, I don't know. Somebody, somebody told me one time said, "Sir, there's, there's a lot more to life than than just turkey hunting." I said, "Well, there ain't a whole lot that's uh, better than it. I can tell you that. Uh, I mean, other than than having my kid and getting married." I can't think of much more that that I enjoy <laughs> more than turkey hunting. So, but uh, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. what do y'all y'all it's, are? Uh, it's, it's a I guess we'll switch the conversation a little bit. Y'all are, y'all are getting ready for deer season, ain't you? Trying to, we well, I say trying to. We finished up the last of our food plots this afternoon. Like when you, the first time you called me to see about if we could do this podcast this afternoon, we had just pulled out of the gate, headed back to the camp house, you know, and uh, it worked out pretty good timing wise because it's it's raining outside now, but um, it's it's way later than we usually do our food plots. It's just been a crazy year um, with. With the COVID didn't help. COVID's thrown everything. I mean, I don't. I don't have to really elaborate on that. Everyone that's listening to this podcast knows what I mean. And when I say 2020's been a weird year and COVID's caused some problems, everyone can relate to that. Um, and then with just being at Cottonmouth and not being there anymore, and coming to this new place and trying to figure it out, it's just different challenges. But yeah, it's uh, like I said, food plots are planted. We've got stands some stands hung got some more to hang got some blinds to set up but um i, I guess so did, did uh did they did the they sell cotton now just the hunting preparation mode oh. here within the next week um no no i didn't sell it it's just it was time to to do something else uh we it, it was time to just honestly, from like a television standpoint, I know people loved Cottonmouth, but uh, I think if we would have done it for two more years, I think the shows probably would have gotten a little stale, you know, just because it's the same thing 
yeah. you know, over and over again. So you, you, you don't want to let it get to the point where it's stale and then decide to move. You want to know that that point's coming and then, you know, move right, you know, move before it gets old. You know what I mean? So as of right now, you know, case in point, there's several folks that have messaged us like, why aren't y'all at Cottonmouth? And they're upset that we left. And I'm like, look, See, and I thought, I'm upset too. I missed me that personally, place, that was just, a perfect it's, setup it's time, you know? because you had, <laughs> what was it, uh, Mississippi, Louisiana, and Arkansas. Um, and that was one thing too. And I was going to ask you about that because y'all don't, you know, <clears throat> turkey hunting, y'all do travel. Y'all go, you know, y'all film and go different states. But deer hunting, y'all had it set up to where you didn't even have to travel because you were hunting three different states in one camp. But it was, I mean, yep. that's the most legit setup. I, I don't know. I, I don't know of anybody else that had one place yeah. where you can hunt three different states. I've, I've never heard anybody else have anything like that. Yeah, it was it was definitely a special place. It still is a special place. Um, one big gaping factor that I forgot to mention, and it's funny to me even like that I even forgot to mention it because this was a even even more so than the shows, you know, yep. becoming stale within the next few years, or we thought that it might. It's the fact the fact that the river has been absolutely awful for the past three years. Um, and man, it just got to the point like last year and, and you don't ever know. I hope the river stops being bad because, you know, I don't, it, it's hard on the deer. I have several other friends that hunt along the river and have places and camps along the river. And when they, when the river goes up like that, it affects everything, man. It's so tough on that deer herd. And from a, from a conservation standpoint and from a television making standpoint, it just didn't make sense. We're like, if it does this again, we can't do our job. Uh, you know, just plain and simple. So that was a. I mean, we. I knew that's exactly what you're about to like say three too. Years in a row, and we were like, we, we we can't do this. We got to make a change. So, yeah, yeah. I like. I, I should have. I mean, you got to think. I'll go in there. That was probably the biggest factor. Have to get all get all else. the valuables and everything else out of those places, and just let the water come in, do the thing, and then go back in and. You know, try to make sure what you got. Yeah, yeah. The, the the river man, the river is the most indifferent and most powerful force that I've ever dealt with personally. You know, it, it does not care. Sometimes it can be nice to you, but it, at the same time, it can turn around. And if you don't get out of its way, it'll take you out. Oh. It'll take, you know, it like it'll destroy equipment. It'll, like I said, it's terrible. The high river has been awful on that deer herd. But, you know, now, just, Mr. Uh, what you Brad Ferris has set up river. his place. Well, that whole club, you figure out a way with all those, uh, oh, man, set up way off. Got those trailers up on those fields and all. Togo. Togo Island, yep. I mean, that's, that is... That was it. I, I I love watching those episodes. And, I call it the deer camp and, in the sky. <laughs> the the thing that the thing that makes Togo so unique is that Cottonmouth was you know you got Cottonmouth you've got all the the timber and the and the habitat that made up Cottonmouth and then you've got the Mississippi River levee. And then once the deer get pushed up to the levee, that's it. There's nothing but empty crop fields. There's really not any good bedding or cover for them to go to. Food source is lacking. It's like once the river came up and they got pushed onto the levee, they were up in like super high stress, super low food availability, super high concentration of deer. It just wasn't good. Whereas Togo, while it's on the river as well and the water will come up and push the deer out, their transition is way, way smoother. They don't get pushed up onto a levee and then out into empty crop fields. Uh, their transition, they transition right up into the hills. And, you know, they've got where they go, where the deer at, at Togo, where that herd goes when the river comes up, they, got, they have woods, they have cover, they have food. So those deer recover a lot better. And it's, uh, I always thought kind of so with, uh, I tried to cotton out, y'all had a little bit of, on that place of kind of everything there as far as, you know, 
uh, big crop fields, river bottoms. Um, I don't know. I don't know if y'all had any cutovers, but y'all had some kind of some of those wide open kind. Of, it what, not necessarily wide open, but kind of thick, look like a, almost a cutover, but not exactly. Yeah, it looked it looked it looked like prime places. My yeah. favorite thing though, yeah, and it did my heart was, so yeah, good to see about, this yep. was was uh, Will, Brad, and Morgan did that man drive and we'll kill that buck and we'll kill that buck with that thing double kill. And it just it did my heart oh, good because yeah. that's yeah, that's kinda how that. I grew up hunting with dog hunting. Did right in fact still to this day when the December lull hits here in Alabama, a bunch of times I don't in December I won't sit in the stand. I'll I'll get up and I'll try to walk our cutovers out and, and jump deer and shoot them and it just you know, of course, we don't jump four or five right bucks at one time. If we did, boy, whew, I can break footage. In fact, y'all's deer herd was would probably be in a lot, be a lot worse <laughs> because I probably killed about three or four of y'all's four year olds off my couch. Because the ones, the ones that tempt y'all, and y'all, like, oh, he be yeah, but he just ain't quiet on enough. It wouldn't have been a question. But all right, get the camera on. I'm taking safety off. You better get you, you better get the camera ready. Yeah, man, and, and like I said, for where I grew up hunting, man, there are several deer that I passed up at Cottonmouth that I would not have passed growing up. But those were the, um, you know, and like I said, I, I've talked about this before. When it comes to deer management, you 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 hunt, you manage the land that you're on, and you know, um, while I've even said, like to me, it, I I don't believe in buck shaming, I believe in hunting legally and ethically and happily. But at the same time, you know, if you're hunting in a camp or a place where there's rules, that you know, that's different. You definitely have to abide by those. And so we had certain stipulations at Cottonmouth to follow as far as antler restrictions and aid structure and so yeah we you know i stuck to that the best i could um but like oh, that's and that's what i tell me, people i'll go because you know, um, i'll my place like, mm. <laughs> I, I mean, got, like, you know that little bit of land behind my house but everybody else around it <clears throat> moving down and my my father-in-law said it best he said we're on the ma- we're on a management program we managed to kill one we we're doing pretty good but uh it's but if I go to a place where I know I've got a chance of killing a good deer, I know these people are <laughs> practicing this kind of management. I'm I'm all for it. I'll you know I'll buy a bite. I have no problem with it. And uh, and it's you know it it's one of those things where and I and I've passed deer up bigger than anything I've ever killed before. And and looking back, I'm like man, the pull trigger, but. Also, at the same time, you got to respect the people yeah. that's got that place because they're trying they're trying to get the most out of that place. And that you know, people don't realize that there's a lot of money that people spend on leases and 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 planting food plots and corn and everything else that goes into you know. And that's something they love. It's not something they're just oh, well, you know, we're just blowing this money. It's something they love and they're trying to do. So you got to kind of buy by it, but in a situation like y'all have where you can do it and you know for a fact that, okay, I can let this deer go and he's going to, I can let him get to, you know, that potential that he's going to get to. And, you know, that's, that's something that I think, you know, as far as, you know, let that deer go if you can. But if, if you know you're in a place where if he goes across the line, he's done, you know, do what you can because, and everybody will say, well, if if you're going to shoot him because you're scared, your neighbor's going to shoot him. You're that neighbor. Well, you know, if you've never been to rural Alabama, that is the truth because it will happen. We, we, we try to let them go. We do. We, in fact, I've been letting a lot of deer go that I probably should have shot. But, <laughs> you know, and it, and it works out. We've got some – we've got a lot of – but I, I, I'll say this. If we went to the three-book rule and, and people's kind of seen what letting deer go – will do there's a lot bigger deer around here than what there used to be mm-hmm. yeah 
Yeah, you know, like I said, it's it's all it's 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 everyone's preference, you know, and it's whatever makes you happy. And you know, like to your point, some people don't. There are some people that don't realize how to get. You know, they they're like they want to kill deer that size, but they don't understand the steps they have to go through. And so sometimes you you know if you apply a little education, you know, then it then it starts helping out and you start seeing results, and that's fine too. It's all about just landowner goals or personal your your own personal yeah and that's goals, uh i guess it's how you measure success I, for yourself I, I i guess i didn't never really realize what what a year two years to do for a deer um until I, started, I, I i had a deer that i had on camera we ended up getting the nickname traveler but i had a picture of him in 2000 and i think it was the first my it's funny, my uh, father-in-law would not let me hunt behind their house until me and I were married. So 2015, I went back there and I started running cameras. And got a, <laughs> I got a picture of a – he's a pretty good-looking eight-point. Well, I got a few pictures of him, didn't really show up. The next year, I guess he was two years old when I got the first pictures of him. The next year, he was – I mean, a monster. I mean, he's probably, I don't know, 130-inch, eight-point. And then, yeah. And nice. then the next year, he got even bigger. I mean, just – but from from two to three, exploded. Three to four, or, I, yeah. I don't know. Exactly. He may have been three the first year, but I had, I've had him on camera since 2015. Got to some last year. And uh, the year before. 2018. I mean, he's just that was his year. He was just huge. Next year, all he did was really gain gain mass. And this year, we hadn't got a picture yeah. of, but his nickname was Traveler. But it just from from 2015 to 2016 just turned into an absolute freak. And I was like, okay, I understand. When they say, oh, he needs another year. Okay, I understand. I see it. I see it. I mean, I may still shoot him, but I see it. I don't stop. <laughs> and and if you don't ever see it firsthand, I guess there's a lot of people that you know that won't understand it, won't see it. But it's, I mean, if you actually ever get to see what it does and what it does for a deer, it you'll go, okay, now I know what y'all are talking about. But <clears throat> but it's the same thing like you're saying. You shouldn't shouldn't shame people. I I hate that, and it just drives. Going back to your point about shaming yeah, people over yeah, two-year-old man. turkeys, I'd like to choke the person that come up with that. I'd like to choke <laughs> But, so, um, yeah. I guess one thing I was going to ask you, out of all, because you've, you've hunted with some good ones. Uh, Will, of course, I know Jimmy's probably your favorite, as much as y'all give him a headache. Will, Jimmy, <laughs> and then, of course, Man, Troy, I think Troy would be one of my all-time guys to hunt with. But, man, you've hunted – like I said, you've hunted with some good ones. Will, Jimmy, Troy, Brad, and, of course, one of the ones I loved, Dave Owens. Oh, man. I, I just – that would be – that would be an awesome hunt. But what has been – who who's been the most favorite person you've hunted with? Or I guess that you enjoyed enjoyed hunting with the most. You still there? Hey, right, cool. So, so got shut off there, but anyways, I was, I was saying, you've, you know, you've 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 hunted with some some good folks. Like, I mean, Will Primo is, of course. I guess that'd be top anybody's list. But Will, Jimmy, Brad, and also, like I said, Dave Owens, which would be a dream too. Yeah. Not, you know, but out of all of them that you've that you've hunted with, I guess you can throw Jordan in there if you want to. <laughs> Jordan was actually supposed to do a podcast with me. He said, man, I'm going to have to wait until I can hunt the season. I said, okay. I see where I stand with you. 
But Adam, he told you. He, hang on, hang on, hang on. He told you what? He said. He said, "Hey, man, we're gonna be pretty busy here for a while. It'll be you know later on before I have to do before I can do one with you." Really, I'm glad you fed me that information. Oh yeah, he's he too busy for me. No man, he he he. Uh, what do you call it? He he. Uh, I don't know. He cold shouldered you. That's what he did. I said, "Well, that's fine." I'll, I'll he, uh, he top leagued you. you. <laughs> I said, I'll, "I'll I'll bring on the great ones." You know. You know, I'm not somebody. I'm not somebody that's gonna tell somebody not to shoot turkey when they're at 30 yards, and I think they're at 60. I'm just gonna, you know, film it or not, send it. Look, man, Jordan. It's it, there's something that's like not okay, but it's okay if Jordan does it. And that's how it works in his mind, anyway. <laughs> okay. Look, and I watched. Uh, I was watching the web series the other night, and I knew watching the footage. I saw oh, turkeys in run. And Jordan back to no, don't shoot him. And he's all up and then walked off and then okay, shoot him now. Well, Jordan is at thirty yards. Why am I gonna let him get sixty? You know, I'm all for giving him a fair chance, but uh Yeah. Oh dude, that was the biggest cluster bomb of the entire last spring was that hunt. It was not good. <laughs> I probably if if I would have been the one who drove, I probably would have left him there. Yeah. He'd have to find his own way home. I was highly upset. It's probably pretty noticeable in the footage how 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 wound up I was at that situation. But you you know it happens. It happens. Uh, but man, like I who the my favorite person to hunt with? That is a tough question. Because uh, really, as far as the Primos crew goes, which is obviously who I spend most of my time around, there's not anybody that. Like they say, all right, I'm hunting lakes hunting with this guy. I'm not gonna be like crap, you know. I they, I enjoy all of them. Um, although you know everybody's different, so you got you have to expect something a little bit different with who you're gonna hunt with. But there's not any, like I said, everyone's kind of a, it's fun to go with all of them. Um, I said I could I'll break it down like this if I had to pick if I'm going turkey hunt. Uh, if I had to pick one, I'd go with Wilbur. Just because, like, there's not a way to articulate how much Wilbur loves spring turkeys and how much he loves the turkey, the spring turkey woods. You can't put it into words. And so, just turkey hunting with somebody that loves the whole process that much, it's a pleasure to do, regardless of how action packed it is. Um, if I'm going deer hunting, I'd say Jimmy. Uh, just because Jimmy, like Jimmy, you're not going to have a boring hunt with Jimmy. Like you're gonna, it, it could be overcast, humid, and you not see a single deer and you're still going to have a good time because we're going to be in the tree stand or in the ground line. We're going to be cracking up because he's going to be saying something stupid, funny, and it's going to be a good time regardless of what's going on. And Jimmy's, like I said, Jimmy's just happy to be hunting. And, so, he's, and he's got good snacks. And he's always got good snacks, right? Like the other forms of hunting don't, aren't as aren't as privy to snacking as deer hunting is. And so I'd have to say Jimmy for deer hunting. Now, if I'm elk hunting, I'd say Brad, because kind of the kind of the same with Wilbur applies to Brad and elk hunting. Brad understands elk and how to call them and appreciates out west in the mountains so so much. So I'd, I'd have to say Brad. But like like I said, I. I don't really don't know if I could give just like a this is my favorite person to hunt with. It's just I I, I enjoy all of them. I really do. Now um now Brad, if I had to pick somebody to take with me in age and everything else a deer to know exactly what I need to shoot, I'd say oh, he's my guy. He's the white tail guy now. That's his specialty, ain't no doubt. He's gonna he's gonna all right, yeah, he's old enough. But there's no doubt about that. And I noticed who didn't make the list. Jordan. Jordan. That was on purpose. He didn't make the list. Yeah. No, look. No, look. Jordan didn't make the list because like I almost don't even think about when you think of someone my favorite person to hunt with, Jordan doesn't like it almost brings to mind of someone I guess I like you don't get to hunt with as much, which I guess that doesn't make much sense because I get all the guys a lot, but 
I hunt with Jordan more than I hunt with anybody. Like me and Jordan always be hunting together. <laughs> he's like, he's he's almost like that friend that you take and he walks he, he didn't walk quiet enough and kinda of, you know, sometimes you get you get some effects going on your nerves. And I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying that because he stood me up. No, yeah, man. Look, he it, it does kind of like I'm gonna give him some serious flack that he he dodged you like that. But um, no, Jordan's a, Jordan's a, a dang good hunter. There's no doubt about that. And like I said, he it's like he me and him hunt together so much. It's like it feels funny for me to for me to list him off in that category because it's like shoot, I hunt with him all the time. <laughs> you know. No, oh, yeah, that's like, that's like trying to say, oh, uh, who'd you rather hunt with, Will Primos or your brother? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I did. It's kind of the same thing. Like I'm, I said, I'm always hunting with Jordan, and <laughs> Jordan always hunting with me. But yeah, I mean, this that'd be a dream. Like I said, hunt, hunting with Will Primos, especially in spring turkey woods. I mean, that's like that's why I asked him, who you who would you want to play for, Nick Saban or Tommy Turville? Well, of course, Nick yeah. Saban. That guy's yeah. So, which I, what are you? Are you a Bulldogs fan? Yeah, man, born and raised. I was born into the Mississippi State family. Then I ended up going to school there. So, right, y'all beat LSU. I'm a Hell State man. Yep, y'all beat LSU. So, uh, yeah, that might be the only people we beat this year. <laughs> y'all might beat Auburn. It's possible. I hope you do. If you're a Mississippi State fan, you learn to deal with defeat. It was part of my character development growing up. You just learned to deal with disappointment. Um, I heard on uh, I listened to Rick and Bob in the morning, but he said it best. It's, he said, "I've learned from my son in the past couple of years. You know, no matter you know, no matter how, however the game goes, hell state, anyways." Yep, absolutely. Uh, That's how you do it. But anyways, we won't we won't get into all that because it's you know I pull for the best team there was, but we won't get into all that. But I won't argue. Anyway, um, but yes, and man, it's, like I said, it's. I'm 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 glad that you that you come on here with me. It's probably one of my I know it's one of my favorites. Not knocking all the other people I've talked to, but man, it's it, it's it's awesome to be able to talk to you. Know I watch you all the time on TV, and I guess you know with that, it's like you watch your folks on TV. It's like oh man, I, I you may not know me, but man, it's like you know we're family. I know you. So, yeah, dude, man, like I said, it, it's it's funny to me. Because like it, it just how the whole TV thing has, has spun into what it is now, uh, like I'm still that kid that grew up in Central Mississippi, you know, and so I don't, I, like I said, I don't, I don't ever see myself as anything different from anybody else. I'm just a dude that loves to hunt, you know. I mean, I, I love to turkey hunt. You love to turkey hunt. Cool, we can have a conversation. You know what I mean? I mean, that's all there is to it. But uh, I, I appreciate you watching. Show like I said, I, I the career where I'm in now. I don't think I deserve it, but I love it and I'm thankful for it. Um, folks like you and, and folks like the people that listen to this podcast are the people that are, have been supporting Primos and watching Primos for years, and I'm I'm thankful for all of that. I'll tell you a real a real funny moment I had one time. Um, sure. <laughs> you know, Jordan's got that. No, I'm not I'm knocking for it, but Jordan's got that little program he's on, and yeah. Yeah. So, sent me a message one time. Sent me his number. Said, "Hey man, holla at me this afternoon whenever you get a chance." And uh, I text my wife. I was at work. Text my wife. Said, "Baby, this may be my opportunity right here. Hey, he may be calling me to you know. They may want me on primos. They may want, you know. <laughs> turkeys and all. Yeah, he, he, uh, they may be coming after me." And we hell we didn't put our house up for sale and everything else. And I called him and he just wanted me to join that little program he had. <laughs> son of a gun. No, gosh, no. She was like, What what what? And I'm like, maybe he wanted me gain this weight law. I don't I don't even need to lose weight. Hell I am I'm, I'm small as I am now. Yeah. Him and he Oh, him and he got swear oh. up because I've got all these people that I'm friends with on Facebook, and, and I guess it's probably because I hit the ad button too much. But and I guess because I got memes and stuff that go viral every now and then, they swear up and down I can make a fortune off of it. But 
No, but I was. I thought that's when I got all excited. I said, babe, we're about to hit it big. You ain't going to work no more. You ever, uh, you ever like, you're not like you're growing up, you have like that little brother or little cousin that does something embarrassing, and even though you didn't do it, you feel like you should apologize for it? Like, that's, oh, how, that's how I feel hearing that story. Like, I feel like I should apologize. I'm like, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. He, he, uh, <laughs> I, there's a, there was a, I'm not going to mention it on here because it'll, it'll stir too much stuff up, but there was another, <laughs> another person that they're, that they were all on a show together. And, uh, one of the guys reached out to me trying to get me to do it too. And so, I messaged one of the other guys on the show, and he said, oh, yeah, man, he's he's man, they just, that's a pyramid scheme. They're just, they're just you know, I just laughed about it. And it, it was so funny. After after Jordan messaged me, I I, uh, I called Jason Hick. I was like, hey, look, man, you got to get these boys off of me. I hear like, here I am thinking they're trying to get me on their shows and all, and all they want to do is try to use me to build up their, their little pyramid scheme. Yeah, they look. This is the funniest. This has been my favorite part of this entire podcast because I've given Jordan so much crap about that. So the fact that you brought that up is absolutely hilarious to me. You know what? And I think, you know what? Because I did. I think because I didn't do it. I think that's why he dodged me on my podcast. Maybe, man. Maybe if you would have, you know, bought some of his weight loss supplements or whatever, you know, his thing, whatever it is that he's selling, you know, maybe he wouldn't have upstaged you. I'm, I'm telling you, because I mean, <laughs> but but oh, the, this can't be any funnier. I wanted to get, and, and I looked back and I thought about. It. I said, "Well, you know what? I'm gonna get a real, I'm gonna get a real turkey killer on here." So I reached out to you, and that's, you know, that's where we're at. And I said, "I don't even know why I was trying to get Jordan on here, anyways." Oh man, you you well, you up in the right place. That's what matters. <laughs> yep. I mean, what's I mean, what's he? He was not. He ain't gonna be Jimmy Snacks now. I don't know. I, I if I had to imagine that, I don't. It's probably like a. I hope it's a phase, but we'll see. You know, I mean, if he don't eat Jimmy Snacks, that's his loss. Yeah, cause he brings some good ones. Always does. I'm, I mean, I was thinking about that the other day. I said if if I was gonna go. If I had to pick one person to hunt with, to deer hunt with, and know I was going to have a good time and eat good, it'd probably have to be Jimmy Primos because he's he. I, I get hungry just watching him. It's I'm like, I don't even think to pack stuff like that. <laughs> it's a safe bet for sure. So, but well, I know you said you about to, you and Brad was about to get on the road. So, yep. We'll wrap things up maybe next, you know, might be a miracle because I know, I know he's probably got a schedule packed from here to there, but. Oh, dude, apparently you got to call his talent agent if you want to get in touch with him, but you can hop oh, on anytime. Oh, Brad, I mean, yeah, Brad would be a good one to get on, but if. Oh, I was, I talking, got, about, I was talking about Jordan. I was talking oh, about Jordan. Jordan. I might as well hang that up. Yeah. Um, I, you know, you know. What's funny though, and I have to send you a picture of it. Um, I know a girl that's from around from around here. Um, her name's Carmen Teal. She looks just like George's wife, huh. and both uh, both of them are dang turkey killers. It's it was so. I mean, wear the hat same way. The whole I, I think they look like twins. But no. Maybe, huh. maybe one day, maybe you know, put a word in for me because you know, I won't, you know, we ain't best friends, but we're friends. Maybe I have to get Mr. Wilbur on here one day if he's ever got a, a free <laughs> chance. I tell you, I tell you a quick story, and this is you'll you'll laugh at this. So, um, two years ago, whenever my wife was pregnant with our son, uh, we went up to Nashville for the NWTF convention. That's that's actually where I actually met you. And Jordan for the first time, which I know y'all, y'all meet a thousand people. You probably don't remember me. Mm-hmm. So we were up there and it was after the first night and we were out. Uh, we went and got pizza and was getting ready to go back to the hotel to go sleep. And we were walking out 
and I heard uh, Will start laughing and talking. And I said, oh, my God, I, I know that, that's Will Primo's. I got to look around, I saw him, and I shoved a whole box of pizza to my wife, Damiel, said, here, hold this. I've got to go meet him. I've got to get a picture. I've got to talk to him, whatever. And, run, and to this day, my wife would still say, you shoved that whole dang pizza right on to me and run over there to another man. <laughs> and I thought it was – but I, what I thought was so funny was hearing him and, and his wife because he was – because she was – she took the picture for us, and he was over there, did you get the picture? Did it even take? Do you know what you're doing? And I cracked it up. Oh, Yeah. They, yeah, they, them two go back and forth, man. They're funny. Miss oh, Barry yeah, it was. And I, I still get that. I may even have to find someone, get it into the post that I got here. Man, it was that, that made my, because like I said, I've watched them since I was a kid. And I've always like, and I've gone to these shows, Buck Master, stuff like that. I was like, I just, you know, I want to meet Will Primos. It may not ever happen that I'm, you know, met him up there in Nashville. And I was like, okay. All right, I can die now. I've done everything I need to do. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like I said, it's, man, it's, been, it's, it's been a pleasure. I'm, uh, like I said, I'm so glad you came on here. And uh, maybe, maybe one day I'll make it big enough to have Jordan on here. Maybe if I get to the Joe Rogan status of podcast, he <laughs> might come on here. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah yes, man, sir. It's and if y'all are ever in, uh, well, if y'all are ever in Elmore County, Alabama, y'all holler at me and we'll go try to run a little turkey somewhere and and uh, get on one. But I heard that, my brother. Like I said, it's been, been a pleasure and uh, certainly thank you for doing it. And uh, hopefully this will be this is a big one. I think folks will enjoy this one. Uh, all right, buddy. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah, buddy. Y'all take it easy. We'll talk. All right. Bye.